Hi, thanks for tuning in to Interrogatories with Josh Campson. I'm your host, Josh Campson. Today we have Dave Scriven Young. He's a litigation attorney out of Pecker and Abramson from the Chicago area. Uh, Dave and I know each other from the ABA Young Lawyers Division when I still qualified as a young lawyer. This conversation is fun. It's all over the place. Uh, we talk about being coming an elected official. We talk about Disney and Disney parks. We talk about emotional intelligence. So there's a little bit of everything for everyone here. Dave is the host of Litigation Radio, which is the ABA section of litigation podcast. Notably, they only put out one episode a month instead of our weekly episodes. So no big deal. Um, but check it out. Enjoy the episode. Remember to check out Litigation Radio and rate and review both shows on iTunes because it does help the show a lot. I hope you enjoy. All right, Dave, thanks for joining us in Interrogatories. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, so you're old hat at this, right? I mean, because you host Litigation Radio for the ABA. That's right. That's right. Every uh, It's a monthly podcast uh, dedicated to uh, all things litigation. So it's only monthly. I did see that and I do subscribe to it and listen. Um, was that like because you guys were feeling lazy or you didn't think you could push out the content in time? I and mean, we're weekly and we're just the Montgomery Bar Association. What, what do you mean monthly? You're the ABA. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think, you know, you're part of a bar association and, you know, you've been a member of the ABA for a long time. And, you know, uh, sometimes lawyers and bar associations are a little bit behind the times. And so um, we're the litigation section at this point is just trying to get just getting their feet wet, um, trying to figure out uh, the podcasting game. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't know that it's laziness, but it's probably, um, you know, we just want to make sure that we're putting out uh, the highest quality episodes possible um, and not, you know, scrambling to find people, scrambling to find topics. Um, and so we, we think that uh, doing, you know, one episode per month to start out with, make sure each um, episode is the highest quality possible is, is the way to, to at least start. And maybe we'll expand from there. Now, how did they come to you as the host? Well, they actually did a search um, for uh, their host for the podcast. Um, I actually had done a previous podcast called the, uh, the Lawyer Lifestyle Podcast, which was basically me talking about marketing, sales, and leadership. I also had done um, some interviews on that podcast as well. And I also had done a, a live Facebook show from time to time uh, based on uh, lawyers' emotional intelligence. So I, I did have some uh, background in podcasting, had done my own podcast for um, you know about a year and so they, uh, the litigation section did a search and they wanted to hear some audio from folks and I submitted my stuff and they chose me and, you know, we'll see how long, you know, that goes, but I, I'm glad to be doing it. And until you die or they find someone better, right? Exactly. As uh, what movie was that? 300? Was that 300 where they say that? Gladiator maybe? I don't know. Tell, tell me about lawyers' emotional intelligence. What is that? Yeah, so... Um, it's something that I developed and we all can develop over time. So it's essentially um, what people mostly think of as sort of the soft skills. So thinking about sort of your own, you know, self-awareness and how you uh, relate to other people. So hopefully what it will do is will help you, um, you know, 
increase your social awareness, increase your ability to relate with others. Um, and, you know, I think most of the time when, you know, people think of lawyers, they think of people who, you know, are aggressive, people who, you know, take extreme positions. But I've found that, you know, for the most part, yeah, you have to zealously advocate for your clients. But if you can relate to your opposing counsel, relate to uh, your clients better, um, then you're going to have not only a more successful career, but also just a more, just a happier life, I think. Um, and so, so uh, emotional intelligence helps you to sort of increase, you know, some of those skills. You know, one, one example of that is so, and I talk about this, you know, I, I talked about this on my um, Lawyer Lifestyle podcast. Um, I had a whole episode related to um, emotional intelligence. It actually was a, a, a lecture that I gave to the Chicago Bar Association. Um, but one of the emotional intelligence skills is kind of learning how to uh, change and how to, you know, as you see change happening around you, how you how you need to change with with the times and what's happening. Um, and, you know, I talk about sort of my experience in sort of 2009, you know, with the job change that I had or was sort of thrust upon me um, and, you know, how I've sort of taken took that experience and sort of uh, incorporated that into to my career currently um, and how how it was able to you know take what was sort of a devastating time and um, make it into something positive in my life so that's just one skill that emotional intelligence uh, teaches and is that something you're still lecturing on regularly not as much i mean i um the emotional intelligence and the lawyer lifestyle podcast is kind of a, as I can, um, you know, as time allows sort of thing. Now that I'm doing this, you know, new podcast with the litigation section, um, there isn't as much time and I have a lot of other things um, going on. I've kind of, I don't know if you've seen this, Josh, but um, I find that the pandemic has um, sort of opened up as more, you know, I've been working from home a lot. Um, and so I've, you know, I have a few more hours that are devoted to commutes. Um, working from home has been far more efficient for me than, you know, going into the office for various reasons. So I've just found that I've had just more time to do things. So I've done, you know, a lot more things with my church, with, um, you know, local government um, and other things. So not podcasting as much on my own. Um, but I found, um, you know, ex expanding time in other areas has really um, improved my life. Uh, do you have kids? I do. I have a, a senior in high school and a sophomore in high school. Oh, okay. So yeah, a little, little older. I've got two little ones. So I can tell you my time has not expanded at all for personal stuff. Luckily, they're in daycare. So the daycare is open. It's not like a homeschool situation. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, for me, um, I've actually done a lot with my kids school. I was actually, um, so they were theater and chorus and speech kids. So, um, you know, I'm president this year of the, you know, choir parents association at my, you know, at the local high school. So it's actually, um, doing a lot of stuff with that. And I've just found, you know, I'm, you know, my, my kids appreciate me being involved, um, in school. So the more that I can devote to, sort of volunteering on that level while they're in high school, 
Um, I think we both get a lot of benefit out of it. And are you, do you sing? Do you act? Is that why you're on this? Or are you just kind of hold, you know, riding their coattails? I, I do not. I mean, other than, you know, singing in the shower and singing along, you know, at mass, I don't really, I don't really do a lot of that uh, stuff. I, I leave it to them. I, I enjoy watching them. I enjoy, you know, seeing what they do, but I'm not, I'm not really that person. Yeah. I mean, every litigator, in my opinion, has to be somewhat of a performer. Uh, but beyond that, you're not doing any uh, amateur shows or anything along those lines? Not yet. Uh, now, what about any like amateur Disney productions? Because you're a big Disney guy, right? I am. I am a very big Disney fan, especially of Disney parks, um, which I haven't been to, to Disney in a few years, at least, you know, obviously not since the pandemic. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, I enjoy watching things. I'm not sure about participating in shows. I haven't taken that step yet. Maybe one day soon. Yeah. Once you're an empty nester, which sounds like it's coming up uh, quickly. Now, how many times have you been to each of the Disney, you know, both the world and uh, land? Because you're in Chicago, well, right? It, so it's like you're kind of right in the middle there. Yeah. So when my kids were, were really little, we were big Disneyland fans. So we went out there we were probably went out there five or six times when they were very little. And then sort of as they got bigger, we kind of decided to go to Florida where they have, you know, more parks, more land, that, that sort of thing. So, I mean, I've been, you, you would think as a big Disney fan, we, I would go every year. I just, we, I, we, we don't have time. We just have other things to do. But um, the one thing that I do is I'm a big uh, YouTube watcher of Disney. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of smaller like Disney internet shows uh, that I watch and podcasts and that sort of thing. So that kind of keeps me connected, even if I can't uh, can't be in person. Now, I mean, obviously it's like Disney now or Disney adjacent, but have you been to the Star Wars park? Are you do you like that stuff or are you just core OG Disney? I, I'm a fan of everything Disney, um, and I but I have not been to uh, Galaxy's Edge yet. Um, you know, I, I kind of. As I said, I think I, maybe I'm, you know, as, as a, I'm an old school lawyer who, you know, uh, takes technology as it comes, but I, I'm, a, I'm a late adopter. So I was probably the last person in the universe to have a DVD player. Um, and so I'll probably be the, one of the last people on earth to go to Galaxy's Edge, but I'll, I'll get there eventually. I like right. when Pandora opened at Disney, at Disney's Animal Kingdom. I didn't go until, you know, several years into it. I, I wasn't, you know, one of the people just standing in line, breaking on the door. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll get there. And I'm really interested, um, you know, in Star Wars and my little guy, well, he's sophomore in high school, but my my youngest son um, is a big Star Wars fan. So he'll enjoy going uh, when we get there. So you're a combination of early podcaster and late adopter. You don't see that combination uh, very often. I'm a man of contradictions, Josh. What can there I you say? go. There you go. And well, speaking of contradictions, you're also a politician, right? You're an elected official. I am. Uh, well, yeah. what's your what's your role? Is it are you in Chicago proper? I mean, are, is that why someone's walking behind you with like what appears to be a bag of cash or are you in the <laughs> suburbs or what's going on there? Yeah. So I'm in a Western suburb called Naperville, the Western suburb of Chicago. Um, and yeah, so uh, this past election, um, I ran for Wheatland Township Tax Collector, 
Um, and so it was my very first foray into politics, my first election. Um, yeah, it was just kind of a fascinating, um, fascinating thing to do. Um, I don't know if I'll do it again, but you know, I have four years to decide. And why tax collector? Well, I, you know, I'll be very honest with you. So it was, um, so I, I was sort of wanting to get into politics, but didn't really know you know, what I wanted to do. I'm a Republican. So I was going to some of the local, you know, Republican events and, you know, they just sent out an email and said, Hey, you know, we're looking for, for candidates to, to join up. And I had gone to maybe two meetings before that. And so I really did not expect that they would ask me to be a candidate. Um, so I went, you know, sent out the email, Hey, I'm really interested in, you know, being a candidate. And so they said, okay, we'll come in for an interview. So like, I don't know why, but not a lot of people were interested in, in running. And so, you know, I was one of, you know, there were three positions available. I was the third person selected because I was sort of not known at all by the Republican, you know, leadership. Um, and so, yeah, so it was kind of like the last, last position open, last person to come in the door. Hey, you can run. Um, and, uh, you know, we had our campaign and got my family involved, knocked on a lot of doors and I ended up winning, which surprised the heck out of me, but I'll take it. Yeah. And how's the job been? Well, you know, technically, um, I was, I'm not supposed to be sworn in until January. Um, but unfortunately the, my predecessor has had some health problems. And so um, I'm going to be probably sworn in in the next couple of days um, as the interim uh, tax collector. But it's interesting. I mean, the job, uh, one of the primary jobs is running the uh, township cemetery. And so I've been learning a lot about, uh, yeah, you wouldn't think that, you know, that's a job, but it is. Um, the, our township has a cemetery. Um, you need someone to sort of, you know, uh, manage uh, the folks who, you know, do the day-to-day, -day, um, you know, business at the cemetery. Um, and so it's been fascinating kind of learning that business, learning, you know, how to deal with, you know, customers that come in, how to deal with, you know, a burial and that sort of thing. And so, um, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting to sort of, you know, see that, you know, cause I, you know, I've been to, you know, burials I've been to to um, funerals but not not on sort of the side so it's kind of interesting to see the other perspective and just learning sort of the compassion side of it and and learning how you know people are yeah, um, sort of you know they're they're grieving for their family members but they're also they're also dealing with kind of the the business and the process part of it. Um, and so you kind of have to, as a, um, you know, manager to, to, to sort of uh, be on both sides of that, to, to learn how to, to grieve with the family, but also to, to help them uh, get through, you know, a tough situation, a very sort of organized and orderly process. Wait a minute. And we're going to go off on a little bit of a tangent here, but that's okay. I, the feedback I get is the tangents are the best part of the podcast. So you are the tax collector and also run a uh, cemetery. Is this a full-time job? It is not a full-time job. It's probably about, they tell me about 10 hours a week. I can't imagine it would take that long because it's a pretty small cemetery. We have less than, you know, 20 burials a year. 
Um, and so it's, it, it won't take up a ton of my time, but, um, it's still a pretty interesting thing to do. And your firm, I guess, is okay with you just having a part-time job or they, as long as you hit your billables, they don't care. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, the great thing about my firm is it's people are completely flexible with, with time. Um, and I sort of think of it, you know, oddly enough as kind of a, networking, business yeah. development, social thing, you know, some people, and the, the one thing that I've learned is, you know, in terms of developing business and sort of figuring, figuring that out, um, you know, people at a law firm, you come at it from a lot of different, different angles. Um, you know, there's, and at, just at my firm in my Chicago office, you know, there was, there's a guy who was in-house at at one of our major clients and he sort of has that relationship and we get a lot of business that way. Um, one of our guys is very active in sort of his local community, not in the government end, but he was, um, he was, pro he was a Cook County prosecutor. He, um, you know, so he has business coming from, from that. And then also does um, some, you know, things that at his sort of local high school where actually we both went to school um, so, you know, there's a lot of different ways, I think, to, you know, bring in business and to, to network. Um, this is just, you know, I think of this as not only as a sort of a calling as a public service servant, but also, you know, a way to, to connect with people. And, you know, they know I'm a lawyer and if they have an issue, you know, and if I do a good job, you know, at, at, uh, at what I'm doing with the government, they may come to me and say, Hey, you know, um, you know, maybe we can, uh, you know, do business together. So I think of it not only as a, um, you know, public service, but also as a sort of a, just another thing to get my name out there and to uh, network and develop business. Right. Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm also running for office and having your name out there and people know who you are. And I ran for state representative and lost, but I still get business from it. You know, absolutely. People, people are like, Oh, I remember you came to my door, not in a weird way. Um, <laughs> Cause that's the tricky part. Although knocking door. So you had to door knock during the pandemic. Yes. How was that? Um, you know, uh, not as bad as you would think mm -hmm. um, because, you know, I was wearing a mask and for the most part, I think people were um, interested in talking to me um, for the most part, I'd say. Um, I rarely had somebody uh, say, you know, I don't want to talk to you or I can't talk to you. I mean, there were a few people that, you know, you'd come to the door and you have material and they were like, oh yeah, just, you know, put it on my stoop. Cause I don't, you know, don't want to touch you. Don't want to talk to you. Don't want to touch what you've touched. So there were a few people here and there, but I would say on a, as a whole, people were very receptive. People really wanted to talk. They had a lot of great conversations with people about, you know, what was going, what's going on in the township. Um, had a lot of interesting conversations since I'm a Republican about, you know, like my stance on Trump and, you know, the, you know, Republican, you know, national leadership. Um, had a lot of interesting discussions about sort of, you know, race relations and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I, I, as a whole, I mean, I would say it was a very positive, although exhausting, you know, experience, you know, running, um, running the race. And did you lose weight or gain weight? We uh, can cut this out if you want. You don't have to tell no, me if you don't want to. Um, 
during the campaign, I would say I, I lost weight. Um, just all the, you know, all the walking. Um, although I would say, you know, like, like most people, I gained my fair share of COVID weight. So I was happy to, to lose it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've worked in politics for many, many years and I, I found the candidates, especially either gain or lose, uh, they have a nice swing because either, you know, pre pandemic, you're going to the spaghetti dinners and the, pancake breakfast and this and that and you're eating a lot that was my experience gained a lot of weight or if you can have self-control unlike myself and then you're just doing a lot of walking and you lose a bunch of weight yeah i mean uh you know we didn't do a lot of sort of big events for our right. campaign um we did it was mostly just door knocking and phone calls and like internet presence so um, you know, we had like these, you I mean, you probably know, you know, you have these like walk books and we had this like app that we were using to, to go around. Um, and we were targeting, you know, Republicans targeting, you know, independents who leaned, you know, Republican. Um, so we were trying not to, to, you know, go to people who we knew were, you know, would be against us. Um, so yeah, so we did, a, I did a ton of walking, a lot of phone calls, thankfully not a lot of those, you know, pancake breakfasts or, you know, big dinner events. So I think that that saved me in terms of gaining a ton of weight. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, all right. So this is the part of the show that I call the lightning round. It's not a lightning round. I just don't have a better uh, name for it yet, but I'm working on that. This is where I ask you some questions that I've asked everyone that's come on the show. Okay. The first one is the most important question. Uh, the Oxford comma. Do you know what it is? And do you use it? i believe I know what it is and I do use it. So it's like in a list, A, comma, B, comma, and C, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. And and I do use it. I'm a big fan. Okay. All right. Well, we, we're going to, we'll publish this episode then because some of them we've had to cut, you know, we've had these crazies on here. Some lawyers that A, don't know what it is, don't use it. Some vehemently don't use it and edit it out of their associates uh, writing. So it's very controversial. Yeah, I actually one of my partners, um, he uh, I, I'm trying to to take him into the land of the Oxford comma. He doesn't he did, doesn't really use it in his writing. But every time he asks me to edit one of his things, I actually include the Oxford comma. So, you know, hopefully one day he'll he'll catch on. Yeah, well, we're this is going to be episode 21 or so. So you can get him to listen to this and uh, hear me <laughs> extol the virtues of it for 21 episodes. Perfect. Uh, do you have any superstitions? I don't think I do. Um, I mean, I try not to walk under, you know, ladders. I try not to, <laughs> what, break mirrors and that yeah. sort of thing. But no, I don't think I have any, you know, big superstitions. And I also lump in here... Um, kind of regular practices in other words do you always wear your blue suit on opening statement day in a trial or you know you've got green socks that you always wear to a deposition or you always park in the same spot if you're going for whatever i i wouldn't say that's a for me it's not a superstition uh but i sometimes have a very poor memory um at times and so some sometimes i do things like that just so i can remember where i parked yeah um i I am also a part-time hockey referee and um, there's, there's a certain ice arena that I go to near my house. And um, I always park on, on the same side of the building because on a day where, you know, there's a lot of cars in a lot, I, there are times where I just cannot find my car for whatever reason. I think it's just because like, you know, I'm rushing in, 
you know, I'm rushing into the parking lot. I'm, you know, rushing into the building and then I come out and like, okay, where's my car? Yeah. Um, so just to make sure that I'm, you know, I remember where my car is. I park on the same side of the building, but it's not, not because I feel like I'm going to fall down and hurt myself if I don't. It's just a memory thing. Right. As my wife and I did that same thing when we lived in Pittsburgh and we would travel a lot, uh, mostly for bar association stuff. And I would always park in the same far away spot, but I always knew, all right, F zone, that's where I'm parked. And I never have to remember because then you, you know, every time, uh, does your family have any, what's the weirdest tradition your family has? Weirdest tradition. Um, I don't, I don't think we have a, a weird tradition other than, um, you know, some people have sort of like Sunday night or my, some people have like Sunday night meals that they have sort of at their house. Our yeah. tradition is we go out every Sunday night nice. um, for, for dinner. So it's not weird, but it's a tradition, I would say. Yeah. What's something that uh, other people are obsessed with that you just don't see the point of? Uh, reality television. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. No one has said that yet. Yeah. I mean, still going strong reality TV. Yeah. Uh, l- let me, let me, um, narrow that a little bit because, you know, there are things that I watch like, you know, like cooking shows, I guess that's reality television. Um, so that I, I don't mind, but things like, like the mass singer or, so you can dance or whatever it's called naked and afraid and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Those shows, I, I don't, I, I don't get into, um, you know, the, the, you know, real housewives of blah, blah, blah. I don't get into, um, so that kind of real, real, you know, reality television. I'm not, I don't, I just don't, I don't get it. What's something you get wrong almost every time you do it. What do I get wrong every time I do it? Um, that's a really good question. That's um, why they pay me the big bucks to host the podcast. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, geez. I'm sure there are plenty. Well, it sounds like you don't get anything wrong. It's classic lawyer. Uh, no, and, that, and that's lawyer. what I'm saying. And I was just going to say, I'm sure if you asked my wife, she would have something to say immediately. And it's probably, you know, um, uh, trying to give some, give people compliments and it comes out sort of like, Not. like I'm insulting them. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, I, sometimes I've done that. Um, I don't know that I do. I, I get that wrong every time, but it's something that I've gotten wrong on occasion. Oh, I love it. You really got that pregnancy glow. Congratulations. Exactly. Oops. Yeah. Oopsie <laughs> Uh, what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? In a work context, I would say it's um, make the hay while the sun is shining in in terms of um, when you have a lot of work to do, do the work that you have that's in front of you. Um, So, you know, like a big example of that is, you know, when I was a younger lawyer and still now, you know, as a litigator, there's tons, tons of document review to do either electronic or paper discovery. Um, and I think a lot of people have a tendency of saying, well, yeah, there's all of this to do. And so I was sort of just like ration it out and, you know, 
you know, I'll, I'll do it when I get to it. And then, you know, you get an email, you know, a week later saying, well, hey, you know, we actually didn't really need to do it or the client, you know, put a stop to it or, or whatever. Um, and you really could have gotten in terms of billable hours, all of that work, you know, done and in. Um, and so I really try to, you know, even if it, you know, extends my workday a lot, um, if I have a lot of work, you know, that I have just just to do it, you know, just just get in what you can. Um, and then because as a litigator, things really ebb and flow. You know, there are times yeah. where you're extremely busy, times where you're, you know, very lean. And so um, to me, it's like, just get it done. Get those get those hours billed. Um, because I mean, not only you're obviously helping your client and you're, you know, you're, you know, preparing them for trial or whatever you're doing, um, but also in terms of time management and making sure you're getting your hours done and build, just get it done as early as you can, even if it means extending your workday, you know, a few hours. Uh, was there something uh, you had on the personal end, the way you phrased it for the business end? I didn't know if there was also some personal advice that you've been given. Well, I mean, I think it's kind of a corollary, which is, um, it's, you know, it's, I don't know if this was ever said to me, although I think, you know, maybe this is a Gary Vaynerchukism, um, which is there's really no such thing as a balanced, you can't have a balanced day. Um, and what I mean by that is I think a lot of people sort of have in their minds, you know, I'm going to have a perfect day every day. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to work out and I'm going to, you know, say my prayers and I'm going to, you know, have a healthy lunch and I'm going to spend a lot of time with my family and I'm going to do eight hours of work and everything is going to be in perfect alignment and balance every day. And I think sort of what I've learned and, you know, what I've heard from certain people over the years and which is, I think, true in my life, which is you can't have a perfect day every day. And if you expect that you're going to, you're in for, you know, you're in for sorrow in your life because you're not going to have, you're not going to have that perfect day every day. And you really can't. Um, because as I said, it may be better for you in your life to sit down and work review documents for a couple of extra hours or, you know, work preparing for the, you know, whatever trial you may have in, in the near future um, rather than, you know, spending time with your, you know, your kids on a certain day. Alternatively, there there are very important you know occasions, very important times that you have you are spending time with your family because that's what you should be doing, and so your work is going to be taking a little bit of a backseat. Maybe your your you know your health is going to take a little bit of a backseat at times, depending on what your priorities are. So, you know, I think for me, my priorities shift depending on you know the opportunities that present you know, themselves, you know, and the, the election was a, a, a interesting opportunity that came up sort of out of the blue and where, you know, I, during the campaign, I was spending, you know, a ton of time campaigning and not spending, not spending as much time, you know, with work or, you know, with family, family unless they were yeah. out camp campaigning with me. So, you know, don't, don't strive for a perfectly balanced day every day. Cause it's you, in my experience that that can't happen. I think that's great advice, both on the personal and professional front. And uh, we'll leave it there. Dave, where can people find you if they're looking for you? 
Well, I am online, social media at Attorney DSY on most, um, uh, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, et cetera. And then as you mentioned, Josh, I'm host of the Litigation Radio Podcast, which is sponsored by the ABA uh, litigation section. Um, you can find that on basically all uh, podcast distribution services, including uh, Apple Podcasts. And we're uh, distributed by Legal Talk Network. And so you can find us there as well. Excellent. We'll make sure everyone to subscribe, rate and review Litigation Radio. It's a great show. And Dave, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Josh. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Interrogatories with Josh Campson. This podcast is a production of the Montgomery Bar Association in Norristown, Pennsylvania. Views expressed during the podcast are those of the participants and not their employers or the Montgomery Bar Association. No content in this podcast should be construed as legal advice. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to Interrogatories, which is available wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave us that five-star rating and review. For more information, visit us at www.montgomerybar.org.